Last week we began this series, Winning the War in Your Mind. And we, looked, we started by looking at removing the lies that Satan tells us and replacing them with truth. I wish um, you all could kind of be with me, and I wish I could videotape the kids um, that I coach so that you could see how powerful the mind is. A perfect example for me as a coach is these young kids that will tell me, I can't do it. I can't run that. I can't run that fast. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do it. Always, I can't do it. And I'm like, you're right. You can't. And they just look at me like, what? I'm allowed to say that, not you. And I'm like, well, you said it. It's your head. It's your body. So you're right. You can't do it. Because if, if you're going to defeat yourself now, you're not. It's not going to happen. Perfect example. He probably doesn't listen to uh, the message, um, so I, I'll, I'll use his uh, name. Um, there's there's really fast kid, like he's fast. His name's Hayden Nelson, like he's ridiculously fast. Um, went to state last year in the 100 um, meters, and I believe he got like sixth or eighth in the state, so he's fast. Um, did I mention he was a sophomore last year? Um, like he's really fast, okay? So... He's, had, he's gotten sick a few times this year training, and so we had a um, grant four Friday night. He won the 100 by like 10 feet. I mean, he's that fast. Um, but a guy from Madison Grant beat him in the 200. Like no one around here has beaten him in the 100 and the 200, but this guy beat him. And we found out that Hayden was telling people before the 200 started, that he was going to lose. And we're like, what is wrong? Like, so he literally convinced himself that he was going to lose. And what happened? When he needed his body to react, because when he looked, all of a sudden the kid was right beside him, his mind had already convinced himself, you don't need to do anything. You're going to lose. So he lost. And then he blamed the coaches, and it was all their fault. <clears throat> he got over that real quick. But you see, the life we have is a reflection of our thoughts. The life we have is a reflection of our thoughts. I've, um, from time to time, I will do some electrical wiring stuff. Um, I feel comfortable doing that because I was taught by my dad who was an industrial electrician. So, you know, he kind of knows his stuff. And so he will occasionally help me out from time to time and he'll come and help me and, you know, I'll watch him do it and then I'll go do, you know, the same thing somewhere else. And there have been times where I get some, I, I undo a light and it's like, well, that has three wires, and there's five wires here. Um, I know I'm good at math, and those numbers don't line up. Eh, you know, follow the directions or whatever. Turn the light on. Poof! Oh, man. It's a good thing I bought it on Amazon. I can return it. 
Somebody back there just caught on. Um, I don't do that, by the way. And so I call him and say, what in the world happened? Well, come to find out, I got my wires crossed. Well, things don't work if we get our wires crossed in electricity, but also in life. Last week, we talked about Paul, and many of us said that we could relate with Paul when he said, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. What's wrong with me? Why can't I do what I really want to do? This is just this battle of, this isn't the decision I want to do, but why are our thoughts so irrational? Well, we have our wires crossed. Paul talks about this in Romans 12, verse 2. He says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Notice that it says transformation of your mind. It does not say anything about your behavior. Why? Well, because behavior modification doesn't work. Anybody who tries to tell you if you just do this in this many days, you will be like, you know, the fittest person in the world. No, because you're trying to change a behavior. It doesn't work. Behavior modification doesn't work because the focus is only on one behavior that you want to change. It doesn't address the root of the problem, which is the thought process that, that uh, the thought that produces the behavior. The problem is the thought that produces the behavior. Let me give you an example. You look out your, your window and you see an ugly tree in your yard. You hate this tree. It is so ugly. You know the neighbors don't like it. And, and so you, this tree's got to go. So you decide you're going to get rid of this tree. So what do you do? You go outside, you grab a limb, and you cut the limb off. And then you flash your cheesy, victorious smile, and you go back in the house. The next day, you wake up, you look out the window, and you're shocked that the tree is still there. What is wrong? I thought I got rid of the problem. Well, I know that illustration is kind of absurd, right? But the reality is that's exactly what behavior modification is. Because it doesn't address the problem. What is the problem of the ugly tree? The tree, right? Well, so you either need to cut the tree down or you got to get rid of the roots. You got to go to the root of the problem. You see, every thought you have produces a neurochemical that changes your mind. Your brain literally redesigns itself around your thought that you have. Your brain is the command center that directs the parts of your body through neurons. Neurons linked together 
to create messages. That same message sent multiple times will create what's called a neural pathway. The presence of a neural pathway makes thought easier to think and makes it easier for your body to send the same message again. You see, these neural pathways can be a blessing and a curse. They become a curse or a bad thing for us when they create ruts in our mind, making life full of bumps and hard to navigate. There's actually a sign in Alaska on a road that reads, Choose your rut carefully because you will be on it for the next 60 miles. The more you think a thought, the easier it is to think it. Last week we talked about how the mind is a battlefield. And the battle is for your life and it's either won or lost in the mind. These neural pathways are a blessing because new experiences, new thoughts are new opportunities for new pathways. New experiences can reprogram your brain. So how does it work? Glad you asked. I have an explanation. When you experience something positive through your senses, there is this neurotransmitter that is released called dopamine. Dopamine works as a pleasure, reward, and motivation for your body. The release of dopamine tells your brain, oh, I kind of like that. Let's, let's get that response again so that we can have more of that released in our body. And so we're drawn to the things that release dopamine in our system. Someone says, I like your hair. Not to me, but they say it to you maybe. They say, I like your hair, dopamine. You get 100 likes on a post on social media, dopamine is released. You get a good grade on a project that you worked really hard on, dopamine is released. Jennifer thinks that I'm coming home, dopamine is released in her brain. You know, it's, it's things like that that want us to experience those things again and again and again. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, Paul writes, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets, it up, sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to be obedient to Christ. Why does this matter? It matters because our lives are always moving in the direction of our thoughts. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our thoughts. What comes out of your mind comes out of your life. What comes out of your mind comes out of your life. You cannot have a positive life if you have a negative mind. 
It just doesn't work. Philippians 4, 8, Paul writes, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So what are we going to do? We have ruts, right? We, we have ruts in our life, those neural pathways that are telling us lies because we've believed them. We've heard them enough and we've begun to believe those lies. So what do we do? Well, we need to make a trench. And you're like, well, that sounds like the same thing, just a different word. Well, guess what? They're not. Um, they're two different things. You see, a rut is typically formed in mud and becomes a nuisance and it's even a danger. You see, a rut is unintentionally created. It has no purpose and requires repair. A trench, however, is intentionally dug to deliver a necessary resource. A trench has a specific purpose and fixes an existing problem. So we have ruts in our mind of the lies that we've believed that Satan has wanted us to believe. And so we need to make a trench of truth to overcome, to rewire our brains. So today we're looking at rewiring our brain so that we can renew our mind. So how do you do this? Well, one of the things we can do is called a discipline. It's a discipline called meditation. And I know some of you may hear that word and you may think, oh my goodness, he's getting new age on us. Um, no, I'm not. Um, new age um, spirituality does have a meditation that's connected to it. But you see, what we do when we hear meditation is we think meditation and we connect it by people that we may know who practice it. And therefore, we assume that meditation is a bad thing because we don't agree with the method that uses it. But really, meditation is not defined by the user. Meditation is defined by what it is. And so you need to understand what meditation is. Meditation is to engage in mental exercise. Do you know what happens if you don't use your brain? It dies. And it's not like the lost, um, what is it, the lost city? Anybody seen the lost city lately? It is hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is hilarious. I love the very end. If you, if you just got up as soon as the credits were over and you walked out, you missed the best part. Because a guy who gets, um, sorry for the, um, graphic, but he gets shot in the head and he dies like pretty early in the show. Well, he comes back at the end and he's like at this yoga retreat place and they're like, the two main characters turn around and they're like, we thought you were dead. And he was like, well, we only use 10% of our brain, so I just switched to another 10%. So... So no, you cannot just switch to another 10%. You've got to exercise it, okay? If 10% dies, you don't get to use the other 10. Like, you got to, like, exercise your mind. So if your mind is not being exercised, it's being dead. It's dying. It's not working, right? So it's a mental exercise 
to focus, and it also, meditation is to focus one's thoughts. Psalm 119, verse 15 says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Psalm 143, verse 5 says, I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. Notice that when he says, I meditate, that I think about the things that come to mind are not things that he has done, not things that they have done, not things that they have just experienced, but things that God had done. You see, Eastern meditation is about emptying your mind. Where Christian meditation is about filling your mind with truth so that we can fix our mind on Christ. This idea of training our mind to focus. And if you ever want to find the hardest exercise for an individual to do, try to get your mind to exercise and focus when you have ADD. That's like asking one of our rat terrier dogs to sit still. It doesn't happen. Mind's going crazy. Well, so what better quote than to quote the great theologian Jackie Chan um, when he says, your focus needs more focus. You see, our focus needs more focus because what we're focusing on really isn't what we need to be focusing on because what we need to be focusing on is the things of God. You see, our minds generally drift towards our ruts. Our minds generally drift toward the lies. I can't. I won't. I'm not good enough. I can't do that. I, I can't finish that test. I'm not good enough to get that kind of grade. On. I'm never going to go to college. We have these negative lies that we've believed. So I want to ask you this week, and I have uh, packets up here um, from last week and this week, um, both places. I want to ask you to identify your strongholds. What are those ruts in your life? What are those ruts in your mind, those lies that you've believed, that you've lived into for too long? We're going to identify where our wires have become crossed. I'm never going to get out of debt. I can't overcome this addiction. Always, I'm always going to struggle with my health. I'm never going to find... Um, a meaningful job. I'm never going to feel close to God. I'm never going to find someone who loves me. I'm never going to be good in school. I, I can't be a good father. You, know, you should know my father. My father was horrible. I'm just paraphrasing. My dad was actually good dad. Um, so, like, sorry, I, that's just a rant. Um, you know, I'm never going to be a good mother or a good aunt or a good uncle because we think that our lives are based on the lives that poured into us, but we're, we don't have to be what was poured into us. We can be something better. We can be something positive, even out of a negative situation. So what are we going to do? Here's what the process looks like. Uh, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to write it. Because I don't know about you, but I've learned if I just put it in my mind... It's gone tomorrow. 
I've got to write it down so that I remember it. You may think you have the greatest mind in the world and like you remember everything. Write it down. Trust me. I've talked to a lot of you. And a lot of you have told me, yeah, you think your ADD is bad. Yeah, try getting old. Like, so I know that you guys need to write it down. Write it down. There we go. Number two, you're going to think it. Well, you're like, well, I did think it. I wrote it down. Think it again. And then after you think it, the next thing you're going to do, catch up, Samantha, um, you're going to confess it. To confess it is to claim it as a reality. This is the truth. So you're going to write it, you're going to think it, you're going to confess it until you believe it. Well, how long does that take? I don't know. You tell me. When do you believe it? When you believe it is when the lie is gone. And what you think is only the truth and not the lie. So if the lie is still in the back of your mind, you don't fully believe it yet. If you're talking to somebody and they bring up the lie and you can't stand in the truth and say in your mind, that is not the truth, that is not how God views me, then you don't believe it yet. So you have to stand in the truth and you have to proclaim it on your life until you believe it. And no, I am not talking about saying, I am going to be a professional baseball player. I am going to be a professional. Like, that is not, it's this, I'm not the name it, claim it thing. That's not what I'm talking about. This is not a, a get rich scheme. You know, I'm going to win the lottery. I'm going to win the lottery. I'm, gonna, I'm just saying anybody wins the lottery, you better tithe. That's all I'm saying. Um, <clears throat> so what does that look like? Let me give you some examples of the lie that's in your life, but then transforming that into truth that becomes a declaration. If you looked through the, the packets that um, I gave you last week, and then if you look through the ones this week, there's going to be a section where you state, what is the lie that I'm, I've believed? Then you're going to state the truth. What does God say? And then you're going to make a declaration. And so I want to give you some examples of, of these declarations. So, for example, if you're struggling to know God's will, here's the declaration. My life belongs to God. Daily I seek Him, and daily He directs my steps. I will know His voice, and He leads me to His perfect will. Literally, you say that to yourself. If you're struggling to know what God's will is, you say the truth from what Scripture tells you. If you lack confidence, my confidence is in Christ and Christ alone because His Spirit lives within me. I can do everything He calls me to do. I can do everything He calls me to do. Fighting lustful thoughts. I am not a slave to lustful thoughts because God has purified my mind. I will honor Him with my eyes and my thoughts. My God is faithful. Even if I'm tempted, He will always give me a way out. Now imagine if you're struggling with lustful thoughts and you have that truth proclaimed in your life enough and you try to proclaim that truth and have a lustful thought at the same time. It's going to be hard. You find comfort in food. 
When I'm stressed, I turn to God, not food. I come to Jesus because he is what I need. In him, I find strength and comfort. And you're like, whatever, that is the biggest crock and scheme I've ever heard in my life. What if, if you struggle with food, and when you're stressed, your response is to go to food. What if you trained your mind that instead of when you're stressed, you go to food and you think about food. What if you trained your mind to go to Scripture and read Scripture? And so... The stress is the trigger, and the response is typically food. But now when you think of food, you don't think of going to the refrigerator. You go and say, nope, I'm going to retrain my mind, and I'm going to fill myself with something positive in my life. You see, it doesn't have to be a scheme or some like crock of get-quick-fix type of thing, because that's not what it is. It's literally... Not fixing a behavior, but changing your mind. If you're battling worry, because of Christ, I'm not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on God because he cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling my mind. Transforming your mind. Taking those lives and removing them. Let's just be honest for a minute. How many of you um, would say by a show of hands that you know that there are ruts or lies in your life that you are living out? Okay, good. We don't have to add any of the um, Ten Commandments to your sin list. Um, We all have ruts that we've believed. But you never win a battle if you don't confront the opposition. But you don't win any battles if you don't know what the opposition is. So if you're not saying, being honest, what are the lies that I've believed? What are the ruts in my life that I have dug into my mind and now just become part of me? What are the things that we tell each other or we tell ourselves that are lies? We have to be honest with ourselves, right? You know, as I have I've struggled with, I mean, because to me, this is a big thing that I wrestle with on a regular basis because of my ADD, because it's hard to, to focus and it's hard. But you see, because I struggle to focus, I know that I have to take this that much seriously because... I'm not typically just thinking about one thing at a time. I'm thinking about a zillion different things. And because of that, it's really easy for me to get focused on the wrong thing. And so I have to be intentional about processing what I'm thinking about. And you see, I believe that it's not just a person like myself who struggles with ADD who has the same reality that we're quick to just go to 
the lies in our life? You know, what are the lies that you've told yourself? What are the lies that you have allowed other people to tell you? What are the lies that you've told other people? We have to identify that we have issues and we need to work through them. Your mind is a powerful thing. When I have gone to visit people in the hospital, a lot of this was prior to, to, you know, the whole COVID stuff. But when I would go and visit an elderly person who was in the hospital, within wagering amounts of money, I could tell you whether or not that person was going to get out of the hospital or not by how positive they were. If they had a positive mental attitude, they were more likely to go home than if they just were all negative. And that's not, I'm not saying it's easy to have a positive mind when you're going through a literal life or death situation. I'm not not saying it's easy. But I'm saying this so that you realize that if our minds are positive and focused on things of God, we're more likely to be successful in the life he's given us and called us to live than if we allow negative thoughts to be in our hearts. How many of us could wake up in the morning and and tell ourselves what kind of day we're going to have? Why? Because the first thoughts that come to our mind. Oh, this is going to be a horrible day. I've got to talk to so-and-so, and and I've got to meet with this person and that. Well, Well, see, you've already set yourself up for a negative, bad day. Why? Because your mind has told yourself you're going to have a bad day. Or, or what about, you know, um, husbands, um, you're really good at this. Um, I know because I do it. And um, you're really good about having the conversation before you've had the conversation with your wife. Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some of you wives probably do the same thing. Um, but I don't know. I'm not a wife. So, the, you know, I have the conversation of how I think things are going to go. And it always is bad. You know, I've always got to prepare. I've got to have my exit plan. I've got to have, you know, my initial, you know, arguments. I've got to have a secondary argument because the first one's going to fail. And then I've got to have an exit strategy to get out of the dumb thing that I said because the two arguments at the beginning didn't work, you know. And then you go into the argument or the, you know, the conversation and you're like, well, I'm not prepared for this. This is not at all the way I thought it was going to go. And um, you're being way too nice. And um, what's wrong with you? And, um, you know, it's, but why? You've mentally already prepared yourself for the worst. And if you prepare yourself for the worst, when good things happen, what happens? You don't know how to handle it. You don't know how to receive good things into your life because you've lived into the negative. 
And if you remember about a year ago or so, I shared with you some mental negativity problems that I was having. Jennifer always telling me, your first thing you say is negative. Everything you say, it's negative, negative, negative. You never see the positive in anything. It's always negative, negative, negative. And the thing was, I didn't used to be like that. I used to be the biggest optimist there was, like everything was going to work out. And then all of a sudden I became a pastor and I became a pessimist. I'm not sure why that is, but it's not your fault. You see, a lot of pastors will actually do that, right? Because we'll, be, we'll go into ministry one way and we come out a completely different way and we're like, it's all their fault the way they treated me. Well, no. I'm realizing it's not your fault because it's up to me whether or not I believe the lie or the truth. What am I going to live into? It's my choice. It's my mental thoughts that will lead me to a good place or a bad place. Your life is the same way. Will your life lead you into a good place or to a bad place? The thoughts you think determine the life you live. And only you can control the thoughts in your brain. In your mind. But the beauty of it is we take every thought captive and make it under Christ. Christ is that power. Christ is that strength, that divine power that we conquer the things of the world. Are you willing to allow Christ to speak into you? Well, here's the thing. You've got to read Scripture. If you don't know what Scripture says, you're just going to recreate another lie to fill the old one. If it doesn't come from what God actually says. Stand with me. So if you will, just reach out your hands and receive this blessing. God, today we receive a a renewed mind because you've given us the tools to do it. It's up to us to walk the road. It's up to us to take the journey. It's up to us to determine whether or not it's important enough to us to live the lies or to seek to live the truth. God, today we receive truth that we are loved, that there is hope beyond the people around us, beyond a government, beyond a country, beyond a world of devastation. There is hope in Jesus Christ, and we receive that today. We receive that we are beautifully and wonderfully made. You didn't make any mistakes, but we did. Help us to renew our minds so that we can live into the truth that you have sought from the beginning for us to live into. We thank you, Jesus. 
and we leave this with a positive mind and a heart aimed toward you. Amen.